Good afternoon, everybody. It's Steph. Hope you're doing well. It's uh, 3.20 in the afternoon on the 27th of September, 2007. I hope you're doing most excellently. This is a dull podcast of mere business. Time to get up to date or up to speed on free domain radio business. But it may, in fact, have a few things that are of interest or maybe of interest to you. So, first item of business, uh, thank you to those who have purchased the Free Domain Radio book numero uno, which is the um, On Truth, The Tyranny of Illusion, and um, I'm going to reissue it in a couple of weeks. Uh, there was uh, two typos in it, which I'm going to fix. I also wanted to, uh, I've bought an, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to buy an ISBN number for it so that I can sell it through more, uh, I guess, more conventional outlets, so if you want to pick up the first edition, um, <laughs> now would be the time to do it. I may, I'm going to make one, I guess, minor addition to it as well, which is the criticism that love is the uh, involuntary response, our involuntary response to uh, virtue, uh, somebody was talking about. I had some criticisms on a review, and some people were confused because they looked at the issue or the question of uh, maternal love or parental love for an infant. An infant is scarcely virtuous, but I would not call that love. I would call that attachment, which is nothing wrong with it. It's just not technically the case. Love is a specifically human attribute, and of course we know that creatures can imprint or attach with other creatures. You may have seen those sort of famous pictures of the ducks, the ducklings walking behind a balloon. If that's what they happen to see, that's what they imprint on and follow around. And I don't think that we'd want to equate that um, biologically useful attachment with adult, mature, virtuous human love. So I just sort of wanted to make a couple of edits about that. But um, if, uh, if we end up being as big as I think we're going to be, in fact, are on our way to being, then you know, as appeal <laughs> to your greed, uh, this may be something you'll want to get a hold of before I take it off the shelf and put out a second edition. You can buy On Truth, The Tyranny of Illusion at uh, lulu.com. Just do a search for uh, the, the title, or you can go to freedomainradio.com and pick it up from there. Uh, it's 20 bucks. I think it's uh, 19 bucks. 18, 18.49 with, uh, with shipping. It's a little over 20 bucks. That's sort of first and foremost. Secondly, to those who have requested for sort of bulk copy discounts, um, you can't do it much through Lulu, which only starts giving you discounts on 27 books or more, which may, may be a little much to ask. But for 150 bucks, I will ship you 12 copies, and that includes the shipping. So that's a... Uh, it's almost it's a little over 40% off the price, including shipping. So if you wanted to buy copies for those uh, loved ones, or as one user suggested, leave them in cafes and other places, then I think that would be a most excellent way of uh, getting people interested who may not otherwise be around. The next order of business is the Miami Symposium. Bum, 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 bum. This is uh, uh, the... Um, the first, we tried to get one going in Chicago, but there were scheduling difficulties and attendance was a challenge, so... We are going to have one for sure in uh, Miami in January, 18th and 19th of January, 2008. Look at that. I got the year right and everything. And this is going to be a two-parter. First of all, we're going to get together for dinner the night before, uh, more of an informal sort of meet and greet, sort of similar to the uh, FDR barbecue. And then we are going to have a full-day philosophical discussion, uh, which is I'm going to lead the morning session, which uh, I'm going to um, talk about my new book, Universally Preferable Behavior, 
a secular proof of rational, uh, sorry, irrational proof of secular ethics, which should be out in about a week or two. And we'll be going through that. Uh, Christine is developing a logic tree so that we can keep the arguments fully supported all the way through. And also it'll be a good reference to people who come in uh, challenging, uh, as of course they should, the, uh, the UPB uh, approach. So that hopefully will be uh, out in a week or two and uh, we'll have a seminar on that where you can ask questions or we can discuss further issues with regards to that. That'll be the morning and in the afternoon, Christina is, um, as you know, a psychotherapist and uh, is well-schooled and well-trained with lots of experience and she's going to be talking about the um, uh, cognitive approach to self-knowledge, self-understanding and relating to others, which I think will be very, very helpful in many, many areas or ways or sections of your life. So I hope that you can join us. The fee for the low, low price. Yes, I say the low, low price of 125 bucks. You can come along and we will, I will give out free copies of Revolutions. Of course, happy to sign any books, um, foreheads or upper chests that you like, Greg. So um, I hope that you will join us in uh, Miami in uh, January of 2008. The um, 18th will be the um, dinner. We will do the seminar on the uh, 19th, and then perhaps in the evening we can go out for a good old dose of regular FDR karaoke side. So I hope that you will <laughs> join us for that too. It should be a lot of fun. And then you can wend your way back, tired and hoarse, on uh, Sunday to your lair, your original demons, so to speak. The Free Domain Radio barbecue tapes, uh, which was uh, the... Um, we had uh, Greg and uh, Ricky came up uh, on Friday night and stayed through till, Ricky stayed through till Sunday and Greg till Monday. And uh, we had some just wonderful conversations, some very, very funny conversations and some very intimate and powerful conversations. Topics range from everything to, from um, is uh, uh, earring piercings, <laughs> self-mutilation, to how to survive breakups, to the psychology of child abusers, to uh, personal revelations, to is casual sex good or bad uh, in the sort of philosophical framework or neutral and just had some wonderful, wonderful discussions. The uh, majority of those are recorded uh, and uh, I have uh, kept them in very high quality audio, 320k per second if that means anything to you and uh, they've been sort of uh, volume normalized and uh, background hisses removed to at least uh, to, to a good degree. And they're available now. Uh, the bandwidth is pretty large. They, it's, uh, it's almost 700 megs uh, files. Uh, and some some fine karaoke performances too uh, from the uh, hidden gems of talent in the free domain radio community and uh, me doing Britney Spears. So uh, that is available uh, for 17 bucks. Uh, just uh, PayPal it and you will be uh, directed to the download site and uh, that's partly of course for the time to, to edit and so on and to pay for the bandwidth on the download site etc etc. So I hope that you will avail yourselves of that it's about 14 hours. They're actually broken up into discrete files with descriptions, so you don't have to sort of randomly <laughs> sort of listen, uh, except for one that's a couple of hours, which was the longest lunch in philosophical history, which was everybody chatting about all things free domain, personal, philosophical, psychological, romantic, relationship-wise, and all that, which was just great. And thanks again to everyone who attended, and no, you're not going to get any royalties. So uh, that uh, is the next sort of order of business that is clicking along. And uh, sorry, just to uh, mention with regards to that as well, if you don't want to download ye old 700 megs of audio files, then uh, you can, uh, I'm just uh, trying to figure out, Luli seems to have a technical problem with the creation of data CDs, which I'm trying to work out with them, but it's also going to be available for a couple of bucks more 
from Lulu on uh, CD. So, and I'm sort of mulling over whether to put the, uh, it would be a four DVD collection, which is uh, free domain radio, audio, and video. Um, it would, I think, I think three or four, four DVDs, perhaps, if I include the, um, the video, and depending on the quality that people would look for. So I'm mulling that over. Uh, just let me know if you think it would be a good or, or bad idea. And um, also, if you could, if you sorry, if you are interested in, in coming to the Miami Symposium, January 2008, just uh, give me a shout. Uh, there is um, a form uh, on the website, on the main page. There's something on the top left, which is attend the seminar, and you can click an email link to to send me request for information or or that uh, about the uh, about the seminar but I, th- I think it's going to be a great deal of fun and I'm certainly looking forward to meeting people just as I did when they came out for the barbecue other orders of business um, the um, I've as you may or may not have heard I've engaged an editor to work on the God of Atheists not because I believe it needs like a massive amount of editing or anything but uh, really just because I can't proofread it <laughs> yet again and I want to make sure that uh, it's a final copy. It's impossible to proofread your own uh, work because you just know it so well that you skip over stuff, whether you like it or not. And so that, uh, they, of course, when you book them, it takes a little while. They're not sitting around with nothing to do, so they should be starting within a week or two, and it should be another couple of weeks to do that. And then that book will be out. Uh, naturally, uh, it will be out in time for the uh, Christmas uh, season of massive and uh, extravagant gift-giving. So I hope that you will consider uh, giving a copy of The God of Atheists to loved ones uh, and uh, enemies alike and to people you care nothing either way about. Uh, and I think, I think it's a good way to introduce people to uh, certain kinds of ideas or at least to give credibility to perhaps me as a communicator without having to deluge them with unsettling and scary and technically challenging podcasts. So I hope that you will consider giving that out to people that you know. Uh, I'm going to try and keep the price reasonable. Uh, given that the philosopher has to eat, uh, it won't be free. But uh, I hope that you will um, uh, that you will uh, avail yourself of a copy in time. I'm not going to release the audio book. I'm keeping that as uh, my gift to donators, hundred dollars or more. You get the full audio book of the God of Atheists, all seventy nine thousand million chapters. So I hope that you will enjoy that. And thank you, of course, to the people who have. Um, complimented me on my reading. It was a lot of fun to read. I had uh, forgotten just how much I enjoyed the characters in that novel and really felt that they were sort of uh, real people. So thank you so much to those who've been enjoying the uh, reading. And uh, it was nice to do some acting again, I guess you could say, after oh, so many years. So other than that, um, I wanted to sort of update people on where we are in terms of advertising. This is particularly true to the donators. Um, I have uh, I advertised on StumbleUpon for quite a while uh, and spent about $3,000 over the summer. And that did get a whole bunch of people to the site. Uh, ori- originally, about there was sort of a bounce rate. Bounce rate is people who come to sort of on one page and then they go away. Uh, that doesn't mean that they never come back. I mean, maybe they bookmark or whatever, but it just doesn't mean... It means that they're not very likely to be people that you would put down as, you know, seriously invested listeners or anything. And through StumbleUpon, the um, bounce rate was very high. And sort of 9 out of 10 people just sort of hit the site and vanished. So uh, that was sort of... A, originally, then I created the landing pages, which were more specific to people's interests, and that got about 2 out of 10 people to stay. Uh, so it sort of doubled the, the landing rate. But then it sort of went back to its original, where it wasn't that great. So I've stopped advertising. And of course, low-hanging fruit, fruit, right? The people who are interested. It's not like 10 million new people join the Internet every day. 
So um, uh, I've changed the advertising approach. Now what I'm doing is I'm doing a mixture, and that mixture is sort of uh, I'm using some Bidvertiser stuff, which puts ads on relevant uh, sort of philosophical, libertarian, economics, psychology sites. And I'm also doing some Google AdWords. And Google AdWords I have is a pretty low because Google AdWords are just ferociously expensive, and the bounce rate is still very high, but it can be like a, more than a buck a listener. Uh, sorry, a buck a visit, whereas StumbleUpon is only five cents a visitor. Um, but what is great about Google, the AdWords, is that you get the impressions out there, right? So people see the ad, and so the ad's been seen like, you know, hundreds of thousands of times, even though, of course, a much smaller percentage of that has actually, of people have actually clicked through. But I do like the idea that the information is out there, and it is free advertising if you keep your cost per click low. Uh, sorry, your your, um, your maximum amount of spending per day low. So uh, I think that's useful, and that's true of both Bidvertiser and Google, that your ad gets displayed, but you only pay for the click-throughs. And the Bidvertiser click-throughs are, I guess, only about 60 or 65% of the cost of the Google click-throughs. So I have both of those going, and I just want to get people to... And I have sort of two flavors, right? One is philosophy, uh, a philosophy ad, and one is a libertarian ad. And I'm pumping the top 10 uh, finalist thing that we got through the 2007 Podcast Awards, so that seems to be helping and working out well. The other thing that I'm doing in terms of advertising is I, of course, I'm still writing for Lou Rockwell and Strike the Root. I actually, um, Wilt and I put an article together on immigration and libertarianism, which we've submitted, or I've submitted to Reason Magazine, and hopefully will I just submitted the query letter, and hopefully they will get back to us. And last but not least, I've uh, spent some money um, advertising on targeted blogs, so blogs that would be close to what it is that uh, we talk about. I have put ads in there, and that's a flat rate for a certain amount of times, like 50 bucks for two months or whatever, and that seems to be generating some good traffic too. So we're up to about 500 uh, hits a day, which is great. And um, there's not a huge amount number, sorry, there's not a huge number of additional uh, podcast downloads per month, but that to me is fine because, of course, about 30 to 40 percent of my output now is a premium podcasts, which are for donators. So uh, I think that's quite reasonable. As long as the numbers stay the same, we know that we're still growing, right? Because as people catch up, they're not going to download as many podcasts. So as long as the numbers keep steady and they're sort of going between 200 and 250,000 podcast downloads a month, uh, sorry, a video views a month that includes podcasts and, and videos and, and so on, that is. Um, uh, I'm happy with that, though, of course, I'm still looking to have things escalated. I also, uh, I guess, last sort of item of business for those who are interested, I hope this is somewhat of interest to you, um, I have upgraded the server bandwidth from 10 megabits per second to uh, 100 megabits per second, so you should be getting faster response times uh, on the site. Now, for other items or matters of business, the uh, other thing which I have had suggested uh, numerous occasions, uh, both uh, friends of mine who are more sort of in the media and so on, and professors, um, they have said, dude, get on the speaking circuit. Uh, I'm part of a libertarian intellectuals list, and, and people were pretty shocked, you know, when they found out that um, I was uh, making a not-too-horrible living uh, doing uh, podcasting. And uh, they're sort of shocked and, and, and appalled. said, well, you've got to take this show on the road because it's so successful and you've got to go and do speaking tours and, and so on and so on. And I must tell you, I, um, I don't think so. 
I don't. Uh, and, and you can let me know what you think. That would be sort of the next. That's the next thing that people do, right? They get a book. They get a speaking tours. They get agents. They get publicists. And they spend their time on the road. I was saying to um, Christina yesterday that we were sort of discussing this, this thing, right? The next step is always a challenge because this is <laughs> obviously the road less traveled when it comes to uh, talking about ideas with people. And I was talking about it with Christina, and I was saying, I remember reading a story years ago about a guy who, the guy who invented Ethernet, which for those who remember the years and before TCPIP was a networking standard. And uh, I forget the details of the story, but it went in general something like this. So this guy, uh, called of course Bob, not Bob, but we'll call him Bob, he was um, very rich. Right. He started off as a professor, I think, and then he invented Ethernet, and then he um, ended up uh, uh, going into business uh, with the Ethernet standard, and then, of course, got licensed, sold a whole bunch of stuff with those evil IP laws. And then he became sort of fabulously wealthy, went back to teaching, and he would have his students over to his house for you know get-togethers and this and that. And, of course, he's got one of these big, beautiful, impressive houses or mansions or whatever. And so one of his students said, uh, oh, he came in and he said, my God, this place is beautiful. Man, I wish I'd invented Ethernet. And Bob turned to him and said, you, do, you really think, do you really think I became rich by inventing Ethernet? And he's like, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's what you made all this money from, right? And he's like, good heavens, no. I didn't make the money from inventing Ethernet. I made the money from spending year after year after year on the road and at conferences and giving speeches and at trade shows, pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing Ethernet until it became a standard. And I did not, not get rich for inventing Ethernet because that would have just sat in my basement or wherever you invent these things and they sit. But I got rich because I knuckled down and spent years upon years of traveling, never seeing my family, and, and being in everybody's face about how it was the best standard and, and proving it. and right. So he said, that's what made me rich, not inventing Ethernet. And that story has always sort of stuck with me. And uh, it has um, helped me to understand that it's not particularly uh, what you create, it's how you get it out there that is what can make uh, all the difference. All that having been said, I don't think that getting on the speaking circuit, either A, is going to work, or B, even if it starts to work, is going to last, and C, will do any good to the conversation that we are discussing here. And I'll sort of tell you why, and, and you can tell me uh, what you think. Uh, first of all, <laughs> I mean, it sounds sort of hard to admit, but it certainly is true. I don't actually like the world that much. <laughs> I mean, the world as it is. I very clearly see the world as it could be, and I love that world. I love humanity in the abstract. I love humanity in the um, in the future, I guess you could say. And I, I love you, my dear uh, lovely listeners, but I don't love the world as it is. I could not love the world as it is, because the world as it is is not virtuous. And, uh, in fact, uh, its only relationship with uh, virtue it seems to be the, um, the relationship that a vulture has to a thirsty man in a desert, which is to circle and peck and gnaw, undermine, attack, and destroy. 
So I, I don't love the world as it is. I love my life. I love my wife. I love you guys. I love this conversation. I thank you again for making this uh, possible. But I don't love the world. Uh, in fact, I quite dislike <laughs> I dislike most people. Oh, doesn't that feel good to get that off your off my chest? Absolutely. But no, I don't. Uh, I don't really like the world. And you, you. I think I would have to love the world more to want to go out and sort of instruct it in that sense or engage in that conversation face to face. The maintenance of my own optimism to me is is a very very central part of what it is that I'm doing in this show or in this conversation. Uh, if, if I I mean if I don't maintain my optimism, it's all over. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm just going to get bitter. I'm going to get angry. I'm going to be upset. Uh, I'm going to feel that uh, you 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 want to manage the weights that you're carrying, right? I mean, if somebody says, "Can you hoist this 150 pounds?" you say, "Well, yeah, I think so." Somebody says, "Can you hoist this?" super tanker, uh, you say not so much, right? And and you feel despair if that is the requirement. So I, I need to sort of take the world in very measured doses. I need to take opposition and the cattiness and the undermining and the snarkiness and the bitchiness and the superiority and the insecurity and all of that kind of crap that goes on. Uh, I need to take all of that stuff in very measured doses, right? I, I can't I can't look too closely at human beings as they are in the world as a whole because it's a pretty stomach-turning spectacle. And uh, I just I, I can't do it. Like, if I did that, I think, <laughs> I think I'd give up. And I think that there's no reason to give up. So uh, I don't... Uh, like, you know, if you're a doctor and you, you, lo- you, you get into... You, you love kids, you don't just want to spend your whole time dealing with kids who can't be cured, right? That you can do nothing for and who bite and attack you as well, right? I mean, that's not going to do... You have to maintain your own desire and happiness uh, in in this kind of conversation. I think that's an essential thing to God, right? Which is why I sort of say that your, you know, personal relationships... You don't want them... You don't want virtue to become punishment for you, right? And if you're in corrupt relationships, the more virtuous you become, the more you get attacked and punished, right? Which means that virtue becomes pain, which means that you become cynical and, oh, you know, all this kind of stuff. I don't have to tell you that, so... That's why that's so essential. And, uh, you know, there's, there, is a, there is a market for libertarian speak, right? There's a market for the Ron Paulers, and there's a market and so on. And there's even a market for, you know, the, the touristos from the Ancapistan of the future, right? You can make, uh, I guess, go around making speeches even about anarchism, and you can get some listeners. I mean, relative to anarchism, the real money is in minarchism, right? I mean, if you want to go and give speeches... Uh, about the Constitution and 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 uh, the uh, invalidity of the federal government and its tenfold increase over the past two decades or whatever, right? If you want to go down that road, then there's lots of people from the John Birches to the Ron Paulers to the Free Staters to like there's lots of people who want to have you come and give energetic speeches about reforming government, um, and there's even some people who will want you to come and give energetic speeches about no government. I just don't think that there's a lot of people who are going to want you to come and give speeches about reforming yourself, right? In fact, I'm quite sure that if I went to go and give speeches about actually implementing freedom in your own life, I think, in fact, I'm quite sure that I would be met with vast acres of stony hostility. That would seem to me to be inevitable, and that would be highly depressing. <laughs> I mean, it really, really would. Either, like, three people would show up, 
and two of those would be offended, in which case it'd be like, wow, I just worked on this long speech and I traveled all this way and, and so on. Or, you know, people would say, wow, you know, he's an anarcho-capitalist or he's a libertarian or he's published on the Rockwell. He's going to come and give us, you know, all the self-righteous indignation of violated citizenry that we can stomach uh, and then some or that we could desire. Uh, but, of course, what I would do is come and say it's got nothing to do with the government, uh, you know, freedom in your own personal life. What have you done lately? All this, that and the other which would make people shocked, appalled, and hostile because it's a whole lot easier to talk about freedom in the abstract and at the state level and, uh, and so on uh, than it is to talk about freedom in the personal, right? And, of course, as long as freedom remains in the abstract and in the state, it will never exist in the personal because uh, these illusions will continue. So I just I don't think that hitting the speaking circuit is going to do me any good. I think that I'm a great speaker. I think that I would be a lot of fun uh, for the right uh, people, and I think that if you talk to anyone who was at the barbecue, I think that <laughs> that may be the case. Uh, I really do enjoy communicating about the truth with people. I just don't think that the speaking circuit, uh, until, you know, this show gets bigger or whatever, and I become sort of... I just, I just, I fundamentally don't believe that I'm ever going to be in, in demand, because... If the world could, could, if the world wanted this stuff, the world would have been free 5,000 years ago. Like, if people actually wanted freedom in their own personal lives and would settle for nothing less and would only talk to people who went down that road and really valued that conversation, Socrates would still be alive and um, we would already be free, right? So that is not something that the world wants. It's something that you want, I think, I hope, as you've sort of come through this lengthy conversation. It's something that you want... Sorry, <laughs> like in Toronto, you absolutely almost have to take somebody's paint off to get in. Uh, there's a lane closed, right? So we're supposed to do, supposed to do that zipper thing: one car, next car, one car, next car, right? But you almost have to just ram somebody to let them <laughs> let you in. But hey, it's Toronto; that's what we do. So I just, for me, the speaking it would be a huge waste of time, and more than a waste of time, it would be a. Um, uh, it would be a uh, diminishment of the pleasure in the conversation. And uh, because the task is so immense, right, that, that we've taken on, that I've taken on here, the task is so staggeringly immense. And free the world, uh, get rid of governments, uh, <laughs> you know, reform the family, uh, you know, uh, uh, liberate the individual, uh, respect to the instincts, uh, uh, prove morality, uh, get rid of the argument from effect, uh, attack minarchists. Like the, the task is so staggeringly immense, right? That that when you have a staggeringly immense task, the the, the size of the the task is daunting enough. Uh, and and for me, the 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 higher that I aim, the more susceptible I feel to negativity, right, to hostility, to all of the immature projection mechanisms and, and uh, uh, attack mechanisms that come out when you say to somebody, well, uh, why don't you deal with your life, right? Why don't you deal with your personal tyrannies before you start lecturing everyone about how we should get rid of the federal government and the Federal Reserve, right? I mean, it's all well and good to say that a currency should be better, but how about getting the corrupt people out of your life rather than out of Washington, which you'll never be able to affect personally and directly, but uh, that, that really makes people very upset, right? In fact, a lot of people are into libertarianism because they have corrupt people in their lives and they have, through counter-transference, they have decided to be aggressively uh, oh so strong and brave towards corruption in the abstract because they are so susceptible to corruption. And, and when you start to point that out, uh, people get very angry. And I, I just... 
uh, I have too much respect for the goal and the size of the goal to put negativity into my life, right? Because that's like then the goal is daunting and the people that you're talking to are hostile and so on, right? So I just I think it would be actually quite negative towards the goal of what it is that we're trying to achieve here for me to go on a speaking tour. And of course, if I went and did a speaking tour, um, I mean, the only thing worse than people not showing up would be, you know, people showing up, right? Because they'd show up and they'd get offended, right? And they'd say, well, I don't know, he just, he came here, he did some weird talk about your family being the root of all evil. And like, I mean, it's really culty and he's not, doesn't seem to be that interested in in freedom, but he's uh, only interested in getting people uh, to, to sort of fight with their families. Like, that's the kind of stuff, and I've seen this kind of distorted stuff floating around independent of this, about this conversation, right? That it's all uh, twisted and weird and psychological and you know, introspective, and he just, he's got something to do with the... He, like, he, has, he had a bad family, so he's got something to do with breaking up people's families, like all this kind of stuff, right? So it would actually be counterproductive to what it is that we're trying to do. I think that... Uh, that as a business approach or as an approach to raising awareness or making money would not be uh, would not be productive there is no speech other than to the choir so to speak there's no speech that's going to help people with this conversation there's no one hour long speech or two hour long speech that i could give that would help people with this conversation right they would immediately rise the defenses immediately rise up when you confront people especially in that rapid a format right at least with this conversation you all got to be comfortable with the DRO model before we said, okay, well, if that's the model for society, surely it is also the model for your family, which is the original content of society for you. So that was a whole long, lengthy process, right? I mean, it's like saying, hey, you know, you take some people who've just graduated high school and give them a PhD in two hours. Like, it's not going to happen, right? So... I just don't think that's uh, going to be a particular... I think the seminars are going to be good. Like, people who want to come and sort of interact at a more personal level, I think that'll be good and fun. But I just don't believe um, that uh, it is something that we can... Uh, that, that it would be productive for me uh, to pursue. I'm certainly happy to hear uh, other um, uh, other thoughts on that issue. But uh, that's sort of the bit business update for Freedom Radio. I thank you for listening, and uh, I will talk to you soon. <laughs>